0: Welcome to the Confessions of an IT Business Owner podcast, where we believe that healthy cash flow is critical for your IT business, automation is paramount, and building trust with your clients by looking professional will help grow your business. I'm your host, Ryan Goodman, and today you'll learn about some profound struggles related to owning and growing an IT business and how Scott Whitstock from Fidelis Inc. overcame them.
1: Remember your service is worth something. Don't undervalue yourself by giving away free or gimmicky things. The free network assessment seems like a good idea, but is it really? That's a lot of work.
0: Here's the podcast with Scott. Well, Scott, welcome to the call. Thanks for joining us on our podcast here today. And I have a whole list of questions for you, so... I hope you're ready for the interrogation. Um, but again, thanks for, thanks for joining us. And to get the basics out of the way, why don't you give us your business name and where people can find the business and you online.
1: Uh, thanks for having me. The business is uh, Fidelis Inc. And that uh, comes from uh, Semper Fidelis from my Marine Corps roots. You can find us on FidelisNW.com.
0: Awesome. Now, as I did, I did a little bit of research um, on your company, as I always do before I jump into these uh, interviews. And you have a whole bunch of interesting things that I found about your business. So I always have like this stack of questions that I use to to uncover and learn things about the individuals that I'm talking to. But um, just in your intro, you made a reference as as a marine in your business name you know, tying back to your military service, I'd love, first of all, to thank you for your service um, to all of us and all of us listening. But also, um, that's obviously had an impact on your business. And I'd love to learn how the military service, did it get you started in technology? Or is there a tie in there? Or did you trip upon this business by accident?
1: It did not get me started. Um, It started in high school. I worked for a neighbor's company, started off in a warehouse of a telecom company. Uh, I was starting around 15. I've always been a serial entrepreneurial person. I'm always tracking money, uh, trying to figure out how to make more. Uh, I think it's always been the chase that's been exciting. The, I kind of went through the steps of understanding what he, they were doing. It was really interesting. The next year, I next summer, I worked for him again, started pulling cable. Shortly after that, I, I realized I didn't want to go straight to a college. The plan was always to go to college after serving the country. I wanted to be really challenged, uh, come from some deep sports wrestling roots and things like that. So I really loved the physical aspect of what the Marine Corps was going to bring to the table. Sure. So I then added in, I wanted to do some level of communications. Uh, And as a young punk, I didn't really know what that meant (laughs) when signing up for the Marine Corps. Uh, That could be the guy that yells and screams at others. That could be the guy that uh, communicates your orders up. Uh, So it's a very general term. And so through a series of events and trainings and other opportunities, I ended up in, started off as a field radio operator. Finished top of my class, and they had a couple slots for the next level. So then I went to a multi-channel equipment radio operator, dealt with microwave signals and basically early days of military PRIs. We were sending data across these uh, pipes. So did my four years of that and got out. Uh, got a job immediately and back in the industry, in the telecom side. Uh, and then it kind of went from there.
0: So at what point did you start your business?
1: I started my business officially in 2008.
0: Was that a, was that a prompt from dissatisfaction with an existing job or was that just the natural progression of your serial entrepreneur nature?
1: So when I got out of the Marine Corps in the late 90s I joined one company that then again became another company then again got assumed by another company right and so my position and my job didn't change but my business card kept changing and it was right around the last acquisition we got taken over this time per, by a bigger well not bigger but a, a, a hostile. it was kind of hostile sure and I just I was I lasted for about six months before I made up my mind that I'm going to go do something different. I had no idea what that meant at the time. I had contract opportunities left and right. So that's what I thought I was going to do. And then somewhere along the line, it became an MSP. Sure.
0: And I think uh, I think that evolution will resonate with a, with a lot of individuals, you know, dis, dissatisfaction maybe with their current state, they're good at what they do. Lots of opportunity. To throw them, and the next thing you know, you have you have a business <laughs> on your hands. And and now what? Yep. Right?
1: Yeah. And I've had businesses before. Always like side things. I I've done everything from flipping homes to um, even even when I had that other job, I started working on like personal computing side of business home residential stuff sure. little flyers things like that just to make a little extra money i don't know if it was ever really about the money i think it was just it fed this constant challenge and i really enjoyed that so that's kind of how i got my start i i've been i go even though i was telecom i did a large pbx i didn't get out of sure. bed for anything that didn't have a thousand phones sure uh, So I had unified messaging. I I went all the way back to Windows NT, XP. I've been through all those evolutions. As we were doing early days of unified messaging, we were doing early days of data backup, tapes, things like that. There was a lot of things just put on us as telecom professionals. I mean, like I did more colleges, airlines, hospitals. And those are the customers that kind of came over with my new company. And so that's kind of what happened.
0: So as those customers rolled in, um, you know, to the to the newly found uh, managed service business, you know, what are some of the what are what were some of the surprises that you encountered? Were you taking on more work now for those individual clients and was some of it unexpected or was it pretty much the the status quo of what you had you had handled previously?
1: I believe uh, most of it was unexpected. Right. Uh, what, one of the surprises I had into the, the more information technology, the IT side of the world, is how I felt it was kind of very undisciplined. It, it, like a lot of people have a different idea of how to do it versus what I came from definitely in my Marine Corps roots or definitely how I came from the telecom roots. Telecom's been a long, around a long time there's color codes or the standards are a lot more tight right and so this industry I saw that one person had an idea and generally they're a technician they've never really ran a sizable project where they had to do these large deployments and large communications constant uh, you know I've always said and probably back to my marine corps roots in the fog of war those that communicate win and so that's what I just went that approach. And one thing led to another that someday, uh, an airline called me and said, Hey, can you take on this, uh, windows seven upgrade and run the whole project for us? And it started more on a PMing side of things, the project management side. Mm-hmm. And then before I know it, they have full-time Fidelis employees out on their sites, and it just, you know, so we have a dedicated service group. It's something that we offer with our MSP plans. We can have dedicated there 40 hours a week. We have some plans that that's one day a week, half days, you know, just a, a pattern. And I really like standards because it really makes it easier. And so that's kind of what I think I brought to the table for some of these organizations. Uh, you hear a lot of times the virtual CIO. I really think we are playing that, but we're not virtual. We're, we're actually being contracted to be C, CIOs and technicians. There's different levels. I think it's kind of become a little cliche or unfair to call everyone a virtual CIO because what experience does a technician have is really the technology. Does that make them good at writing HR policies and those right. type of things? So I think it's kind of a unfair term these days that people are using. But
0: No, I hear you. And I think um, the model... Is really interesting how it involved and um, the the way that those uh, those employees and those resources literally do become even an on-site extension, like you had mentioned, of that business. You know, pushing your clients' initiatives forward. Yep. So that sounds like a huge win. Um, you know, when you when you had mentioned that the airline had had called up. You know, it started as project management and then evolved into more. Uh, I'd really like to build on that. What are what are some of the other wins that you've celebrated inside of the business? Um, uh,
1: you know how everyone says, what's your vertical? Right. Uh, mine is like, do you have a project? Uh, uh, so some of my wins have been hospitals. Um, we've done everything from large scale cable projects to uh DAS deployments, distributed antenna system deployments. Um, Sometimes we're the provider of the equipment and the installer, or sometimes we're just the project management team. Um, And those uh, we've gotten that um, one that we just completed up is the Seattle monorail. Okay. This is a pretty big Seattle icon. It's one of the only functioning monorails in the country, and so they weren't able to take credit cards on either end sure and so they came to us and said what's your solution uh do you have any and so we ended up taking our team and running fiber down the line um an end-to-end solution to help them build it all out address security those type of concerns we had and we just wrapped that one up we have a couple school districts uh, that we help service around the area it's it's just a really interesting mix and, and some of our customers are IT customers. Some of them are just our low-voltage cabling group. Uh, some just are our voice. It, it, we, we do our business telephone systems. And then our favorite customers are the ones that it's all three. And it really helps us. And we're not all the same technicians, the same planners, the same project managers. It's really ran as three different uh, entities inside Fidelis. Sure. sure.
0: That makes sense. we are set up very similar you know in our in our structure in our organization too so i definitely definitely understand that now how you're acquiring your customers couple of questions around that do you are you doing anything specific for marketing cuz you said you don't really focus in a vertical do you feel like it's your marketing or is it a byproduct of the standardization and the model that you've created that's helping attract people to you and is that word of mouth or is it being very intentional through outward marketing of your process that's that's bringing these deals in for you
1: so number one excellent question I asked myself this very question is like how do we keep doing it It, marketing is I've tried I'm not great at it it's not what I do Uh, what we do is I think we approach it as treat the customer as a human being the technology is just a tool that they use you don't You're right. So I think it's just really honestly a word of mouth. Um, We do, you know, a lot of functions. We're in a uh, plugged into the area. We support local fundraising, we uh, nonprofits, we attend their events. And and always, if they're a customer, we always try to give back and those things are helpful to us. But it's just something we do. I don't I don't think there's it's not with a motive. And I think that just kind of resonates with our, all of our clients. Um, I built my entire organization uh, around caring for each other. And I think it just kind of trickles out and I would love to learn how to get my message out there more, but then there's a reality of if we get too many clients, can we actually service our excellent clients we already have? Sure. So it's, it's like, if we still have to grow, I want growth Don't get me wrong, but I want intelligent growth. I don't want to have to just throw a bunch of bodies at it and then not deliver a quality product. And I think those are just things. So, in a nutshell, it's been word of mouth over the years. Right. Started with one phone call, one one connection, one one person that knew I could do it, and or knew one of my team members could do it, and just keeps on. It's one giant fidelis snowball around Seattle right now.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, keep it rocking. I, I, it's a, it's a great answer, and I think everybody's going to appreciate that insight. I think there's a lot of ways to uh, uh, skin the cat, so to speak. Ooh, that yeah. sounded kind of rough, but <laughs>
1: no, I <laughs> but, get it though. No, but... it's true. It's, it's just, it's just like, you know, any like in this industry, there's just so many different ways to approach it, and and, and it's fine, and, and not uh, most of them are correct. Some of them are just. You know, it's just an idea and, and it's okay to have the ideas, but I think it's, I think one of the best ways to approach some of these things is just simply know what you don't know sure. and, and they go, I need to hire professionals to be, I I understand how plumbing works does not mean I know how to plumb. Right. It, I, I, I get what a roof does, but I'm not going to be up on my roof roofing it. It's just like how we use partners like Connect Booster. I mean, I realized that I'm not good at that. I don't know how to process a credit card. I don't know how to process this stuff. I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to be my knock. I'm going to contract those services out. So it's just something that started to make sense. And over time, these are things that I started to implement is like, if you can hire it, it's probably a better deal.
0: Right. So. And I think, you know, what you've just described is the difference between a self-employed person and A business entrepreneur that's working to build systems, right? And there can be a big difference between that. And a lot of times um, people need to cross that threshold if they want, and if that's inside of what they're trying to accomplish inside of their business. But being self-employed is a lot different than being a business systems owner and building out the systems as an entrepreneur and you 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 need to leverage yourself, and obviously it's worked well for you guys that model.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely feel like it has worked really well. Um, I honestly could step away from my business right now, and my business would run. I've been building that since day one. I'm in it because I enjoy it. It's still really fun. I love the con. It's so great to be in this type of industry that just keeps on changing and growing, changing right. and growing. And it's fun to be a part of that. I like that. That I feed off of that.
0: We'd like to take a quick break to highlight our sponsors and some of the things they'd like to offer our listeners. Do you want to generate more leads and learn how you can grow your business using a proven strategy? Ever wondered how you can leverage digital marketing to accomplish this while taking your advertising to the next level? Then consider having a conversation with Josh Whitford of 5stepmarketing.com. Josh is an expert at helping small businesses grow using innovative tactics that have worked for large brands such as giftcards.com, mycoupons.com, navyseals.com, and many more. Right now, Josh is offering a free strategy session for one hour to do a deep dive with you to learn about your market and collaboratively develop an online marketing strategy based on your target audience. The strategy session is free, and you have the flexibility to either implement the strategy yourself or have Josh implement it for you. This is a turnkey solution. This is only for our podcast listeners, so check out Josh and his offering at 5stepmarketing.com slash audit. That's the number 5stepmarketing.com slash audit. Our second sponsor for today's show is Bevoip. Bvoip is the perfect channel only offering for your IT firm and MSP business. Bvoip works with businesses around the globe to incorporate cloud communications into your big picture telecom strategy. Their program is built for MSPs, IT firms and cloud service providers, and Bvoip happens to be the VoIP provider for your friends here at Connect Booster and Connect Booster's parent company BNG. So check them out on the web at bvoip.com. And now back to the show. So we had alluded a little bit to um, business growth. One of the things I noticed as I was doing a little research was you've made some acquisitions, and M and A is happening like mad in our space right now. Internally, we encounter it all the time um, when we have two different partners, you know, that that use Connect Booster that. Are, are merging up into one or one gets sold. I'd love to learn just a little bit more about how you'd come across these deals. What was awesome. Also, what was a struggle and what have you learned through each one of these?
1: So we've done it three times officially. Sure. There's been a couple others just by hiring someone that you kind of acquired their business. Right. What's, i've seen on these is generally it's when someone wants to step back and just go back to their own roots of hey i really like the technical end of this or i really like being the sales guy or whatever role where they realize that hey i can't get past this next step i've plateaued and it's hard to get past it you can't be the only guy that answers the phone. You can't be the only guy that can do it. And some people struggle getting past that point. So what I've realized is they're out there. And so when there's the smaller shops that want health benefits, that want uh, 401ks, want company vehicles, and frankly, the one of the hardest parts of our industry is all that back office work, the HR components, the billing, the payroll, that's hard. That's hard for us. And that was what when you go, hey, I'm going to go start a business in IT because I know it so well. What you, what we all forget is all businesses have that stuff. And that is where my learning curves were. And I got past that. So I think I find those people that are just they've already partnered with us on other deals. And then they realize, hey, this isn't so bad over here to join this team and just be, you know, just to go back to my basics of, hey, I get a paycheck, I but I have great benefits, and now I get to take some time off, I actually get the bill to build a retirement, because the problem is, as these business owners go through, they're going to hit, a lot of these guys I think are going to hit 60 and go, oh my gosh, my right. business really isn't worth what I thought it was, and, and that's what I think they all run into, or could, you know, that it's just there's the value is not what you made on the top line it's it's honestly what's going to come in the next 5 years from your your bottom line in the next 5 years is what's interesting to these acquisitions and i'm i'm getting pinged left and right on it too right. people are trying to acquire us my response to them is nope i'm in the buying business not in the the selling business at this point right because i'm not done what what, what am i going to do i'm i'm 40 one years old. I have a lot of time. I, I, I don't know what I would do. I would just start another business. So I'm good, <laughs> you know. Right. So challenges. Number one is, uh, I would say, culture is probably your biggest. Um, people being able to let go of being in charge is hard. Sure. Uh, I used to be able to just show up and do what I did, charge my credit card how I want. Right. All those things. Those are always the hard parts for the former owners. Because they got to do that before. Um, uh, negotiating the deal is also very challenging because uh, you have to kind of be the guy that break, him t- break it to that potential business owner. Their business isn't worth as much as they think. Right, And, and that's hard. That's a hard conversation to have with someone. I stopped having it, truthfully. And I told them to, uh, I recommend like three or four MA companies and say, go get a real estate agent. It's for beer business. Uh, you know, get a partner that this is what they do. I was like, don't make me decide what your company's worth. I don't know. Let me know when you have a price tag on that. I do shake a lot of them that are interested uh, in doing this at that point because there's a lot of legwork to that. Yeah and and they realize that it's generally well i made six hundred thousand dollars this year top line that what did you make bottom line and how long much of it is reoccurring revenue and i mean if you quit tomorrow would they you still have a business or were you the business what am i acquiring here this you know i'm not buying people you know so those are always things that are interesting conversations to have around people We like to structure our deals around the actual profit a client brings in. Sure. Um, So because sometimes, you know, on paper things look great. That does not mean that company is not going to fold or get purchased themselves. And I can tell you that, unfortunately, the clients are lost just simply because some new player got hired. And they, they have their own idea. And so can't guarantee those prices so that's kind of how we do it. we structure it based of based of hey we're going to give you a job and then we're also going to pay you for everything your your recognized organization is going to bring in and we're going to bring over your best employees as well and anyone you want us to bring on right because w- that's the other thing I cared so deeply about my employees if I was going to be acquired I would make sure that I was going to protect them yes. because I would be nowhere without these people
0: that's really good so. insight not only from a uh, uh, process but also for people to understand as they're building their business they need to be thinking about exit and they need to be thinking about what are my sources of revenue what does my leverage look like because without leverage and without that recurring revenue element you're right there's not a lot there you're not if you're exiting the business and there's not an employment opportunity, they're they're not buying you, right? I mean, th- yeah. they can't buy potential future revenue. We're hoping to have locked in contract recurring revenue.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I started working myself. My my, my entire mission has been to work myself out of my own job each level. Right. Like right now, I uh, do a lot of the work with our blog and website I can't wait to hand those things off you know (laughs) and then I I don't know what I would do next but I'll just move on to the next mission but uh, like throughout the years like I love jumping back in on project management that's one I always like getting back to because it's just fun it's it you can really prove your value and I just will pick the larger projects and uh, you know I love doing training now that's one of my favorite components of what I do is going and sitting down with uh i i normally hold for executives or senior management only i will hold uh i will hold training for cyber security best practices on uh things like outlook and things like that but i really reserve it to the senior management and decision makers for me that's a, a practice i like it's um I'm not saying I'm, not, I'm above any user, but I need to really talk to them about what these things actually look like. Sure. And what, by not putting BitLocker on on a computer that when their car gets stolen, it, it, that's really important for executives to hear right. that uh, their exposure, because what ends up happening as executives in these organizations, yes, they with their big fat salaries, also comes the responsibility when that goes south that you're the one that's fired. You know, so and you can only plead so much ignorance on these type of things. So I love getting in front of them and talking in a more business sense, like less about the technology and more about the HR policy, the handbook policy, mm-hmm. the those things. I really like that. I really do. And that's been really fun for me. We we uh, uh we try to hold those in our local community uh events um in our city we try to just stay focused as close as we can to the the business just for it's better for everyone it, we're right down the road uh, so we hold those and we try to get people to attend those and in 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 the best part about it i like about it is i'm never really selling them i'm just really telling them what i believe in and really? and, and sometimes it feels uh maybe salesy but it's not it's really like i'll talk about password security I love LastPass. I have nothing to do with LastPass other than I'm a user. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just like uh, you know, I like those type of things and it uh, really exciting and I've always liked that. I've always been a coach. I've been coaching for 20 years a wrestling team and I love coaching. I love the building up the the wrestlers over the years and and I've done that in the Marine Corps too. I you know, I just love building not only An organization. I I really like building uh, people. I I really like elevating people.
0: Well, I think at least for me, you've really helped unlock the key to your success in your business and in life by the way that you're you're approaching these things and investing the time into people and process. I think that's really valuable information here that you're that you're sharing with all of us. Appreciate that. I am going to shift gears a little bit. If you could talk to your younger self after seeing what you've accomplished, all the successes, struggles that you've been through, you know, what type of wisdom would you try to impart onto your younger self?
1: Not all customers are good customers. You can't be all things to all people. Um, and and I, I really I would go back and I think in a couple scenarios, I really, I should have went with my gut, and and my gut was not wrong, but I didn't want to let others down, and so I, it, it, eventually I got to the point where I had to make that hiring or firing decision, either a customer or employee, business partner, whatever it was, where I, my gut in the early phases of that was right, and I let it go, 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 because I, I thought I was can make it work or I, in, in the end I just didn't want to hurt someone and what I ended up doing instead is hurting everyone else that worked really hard or or us and uh, unfortunately my wife that has to hear all my <laughs> my monologues that I go on uh, <laughs> you know those type of things you know the stresses and really in the end we get to the same place anyway I right. really wish uh, you know the whole the whole adage of Hire slowly, fire quickly, I I wish I would go back and on a couple of those cases, I probably would not have as much gray hair. Right.
0: Easy in theory, tough to practice.
1: Oh yeah. I've gotten better (laughs) at it, but yeah. So, but then, but then it's like fine balance though too. It's like, you don't want to become a cold person either. Right. So, you know, but that, that was, definitely some things. Oh, that and I, I wish I would have started it 10 years earlier. Right. I, w- I had the tools and the abilities. I'm sure it happened for a reason. Um, also, it, uh, 2008 it was an interesting year to choose to <laughs> start up, a business. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can tell you, we're really frugal because of it, though. <laughs> I bet. Uh, we, we, we're, we're really careful with money, and I think it's that kind of like, you got scared, and I, I at least I didn't have to like other business I had to lay off people and deal with things there. I, I was starting to build a business in that. And I, I earned, if I earned a customer, I tried to keep them mm-hmm. because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know where my next paycheck was going to come from. And that was scary times. And, and we got through it pretty quickly in 2010, things started really shifting around. So.
0: That's awesome. And from what I remember right, that was, that was also marked the year of uh, one of your first acquisitions. Is that correct?
1: It is. Yeah. And, um, I would have done that one a little differently. Uh, uh, That was my first one. Uh, That was one that I was uh, already partners with them. I was prepared to just go in there and go, I'm done. I can't handle you guys. And they wanted to, I I was polite and they said, hey, we want to speak first. I'm like, oh, okay, go for it. What do you you need? Well, we want you to take us over. What? (laughs) And so I was dumbfounded and that's what ended up happening. And uh, one or two of their employees are still with me to this day. And most of their customers. So it's the end result was great. How I handled it, I I needed it to learn though. I would not discredit that.
0: Unfortunately, growth is not uh, does not come without pain, right?
1: No, <laughs> no. You see, people that win the lottery are broke, right? Right. You know, it's it's something that's just handed to you. If it's not, if you do not go through the disciplines of the bumps and bruises, I don't know if you can really, you know. I, I don't know if it, humans work like that. We can't just be simply handed. We, we, we desire achievement, right. but I think it we it's it's better to have us a, a pat on the back for the hard work than it is just handed to us. It's at least what I believe now.
0: Agreed. It's empty without paying the price, and I think that's encouragement to everybody that's an entrepreneur listening to this that that maybe isn't to the point where Scott is at yet. You know, keep. Working, don't give up.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's it's. We joke is just open that door. Hard work inside. Uh, I mean, that's what it does take. We all see those success stories, companies that just like grew overnight. In the service industry, can you really do that? I don't think we can unless we're creating a product that just catches on. It's a viral product or some someone a solution, an inventive side of things sure. that creates something in the service industry. It's disciplined. It's it's earned. It's it takes longer to build some traction. So stick to it. Anyone that's doing it, if you like it, there's plenty of business in all of these regions. There, frankly, more people need to be out there helping us. We are going to be overwhelmed with security needs here in the future.
0: Agreed. That trend is blowing up.
1: And it's and it's a trend forced on us. It's it, we're not choosing to be these targets, but it's there. And and from small to big, it's going to need experts to help fix it when it happens and help prevent it. I I think it's more of a team effort here, and that's where so there's a level for all of us. And I think everyone should search for their their vertical, their niche. You know, just try to find it and don't. If you're listening to me and go, oh, you can do an airline and you can do that. I don't know. I I don't know if I would tell anyone that they could stumble upon it. That way, if you get really good at one thing, stick to that. If it's one product, one type of customer, just be really good at that. Sure. It it works.
0: Awesome advice. So to wrap things up here, what would be the number one point you want to drive home to other peers that you have listening to the podcast?
1: Remember your service is worth something. Don't undervalue yourself by giving away free or gimmicky things don't the free network assessment seems like a good idea but is it really it's a lot of work value your work an engineer or an architect doesn't give away the floor plans without someone becoming their client first I think there's a fine line between a qual doing something that's understanding to try to earn a customer earn the customer don't don't buy the customer I think that would be one thing that I wish I would see out there a little bit more because you run up against these providers that, oh, we do this free, 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 free. There's nothing free. We all should know that by now. There's just simply nothing for free. It is, if we're going to just run a tool, that's fine. call it what it is, but that's something I would recommend is just really search for customers that want to use technology to enhance their business and don't view it as a burden to their business. Mm-hmm. Find people that base it off of value, not price.
0: And there are lots of businesses out there that know they need help to scale.
1: Yeah. Uh, th- and there, there's every one of these businesses now have a computer, and every one mm. of them needs help. And, and whether they believe that or not that is a different story. But that is something that I, I just don't don't undervalue what you can bring to the table. I'm not saying go out there and charge millions of dollars for running a network assessment tool, but I, I find that somebody, well, this company's going to give a free, free network assessment. Okay, great. What does that mean? You know, that's that's what we're seeing out there now. There's a, Our competition's a little different than it used to be even a few years ago. Um, we have, I mean, now if you look at it, every copier company's an MSP, every telecom company, even the big players like, you know, CenturyLink and those guys are, are offering MSP services. They sell Office 365 now. Um, you got you got cable companies and and every former uh, equipment dealer, phone system equipment dealer, now says MSP on their website. Right. We have a lot of new competition as well as a lot of opportunity for everyone. But it's con- I, I hope we're not going down to a race to zero kind of game where it's going to be a commodity not not a not a value that we're going to bring to customers you know and the more people that are out there get kind of going hey we should stop doing this because our business has a value our our engineering and our our skills have a value so I, i think it's something to be very cautious about i know it's hard as you're growing your business you just just fight for every scrap you can get at some point but I don't know how, how to get past that. You just, I think you should just set your sights on getting past that.
0: Right. And I think that's, that's kind of the point of, you know, how you've, you've grown the business is yes, we all have to reach that next level and it's not easy. And oftentimes there's not shortcuts, but you know, those are also the opportunities that you've looked for in growing your business and acquiring those and you're ready to embrace the chaos. So just be ready to get through it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's hard. Yeah, like I said at the beginning, the, the wars are won during the fog of a war. Those that communicate, just keep it up. That's what we we try to do. I'm not, and would never say we we're perfect at anything, and but we keep striving to be.
0: Well, Scott, it was awesome having the conversation. Lots of great information and wisdom, and I want to thank you for joining us. And um, you know, hey, hopefully we can do this again. Maybe we'll talk about the next acquisition in the future.
1: Uh, I would love it. And thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. I, I enjoy every podcast you send out. It's, it's nice to hear uh, what other people are doing. Uh, I enjoy it. Thank you.
0: Before we end today's episode, we'd like to thank our sponsors, 5-Step Marketing and Bevoip. Don't forget to take advantage of your free one-hour marketing strategy session with Josh and his team. That link again is 5-Step Marketing Com That's the number five, five five-step-marketing.com slash audit. And check out bvoip if you're looking to improve your telecom strategy. You can find bvoip online at bvoip.com. Thanks again for joining us today on the Confessions of an IT business owner podcast, where we believe that healthy cash flow is critical for your IT business. Automation is paramount and building trust with your clients by looking professional will help grow your business. A special thanks again to Scott Whitstock from Fidelis Inc. Fidelis Inc. can be found online at www.fidelisnw.com And to download the full podcast or listen to some of our previous episodes online, check us out at connectbooster.com slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us today on the Confessions of an IT Business Owner podcast. We'll talk to you soon.